Hi everyone, Sandman here. Today's video is brought to you by a donation from Edward, and this is what Edward has to say. Hi Sandman, my favorite video of yours is not entirely about MGTOW, but rather it's a video about female financial advisors. Can you please comment on your insights on the state of the economy? A possible coming collapse, be it due to stimulus, student loans, or consumer debt bubbles. And the best possible way to manage your money looking to the future. You mentioned making such a video titled MGTOW Money. Well, here's some money to make that video with. Well, thanks for your comments, Edward, and thanks for your donation. And just for your information, I did end up putting together a MGTOW Money Manager video, but took it down out of circulation a while ago and made it private. But I'm not going to get into my reasons for taking it down. I'll explain that at a later date. And I'm also putting a link in the description to the video called MGTOW Money Manager so you can have a look at it for yourself. This video that I'm producing right now will still deal with money, but will relate more to how women and men interact financially during an economic crisis. And I've seen this firsthand in Eastern Europe after the fall of communism, and will share my observations and experiences. Many MGTOWs have this fantasy that as the economy crumbles, men will increasingly become self-reliant and keep their resources to themselves. But how many of us have actually lived in a country where there was a prolonged economic depression for 5 to 10 years? I would have to say that I have had the privilege or misfortune of visiting former Yugoslavia in the 1990s during a period that was known as the greatest hyperinflation in the history of the world. And the Weimar Republic in Germany in the early 1930s, as well as the situation in Zimbabwe recently, are just sideshows compared to the main attractions in former Yugoslavia in the 90s. Most people would assume that during a period of great hyperinflation that men's value rises and women's value goes down. But what I saw in the mid-90s in Eastern Europe was absolutely shocking. Instead of selling vagina futures on the open market, women were literally and metaphorically sharpening their claws. The teenage girls I met back then still had the latest fashions, music, posters, and were just as posh as the girls in Canada. The only different thing was that the infrastructure was falling apart, and what little money was still in circulation was going towards female interests. A society full of men going their own way would hoard their resources for themselves, but most of society is made up of blue pill men, and in tough times, their wives, daughters, and girlfriends nag them for more than usual, so blue pill men are more than willing to spend what little money they do have to stop the women complaining. So everywhere I went in former Yugoslavia, the roads, the buildings, the cars, and the stores full of conventional goods were closing down or falling apart. Yet the hair and nail salons, small women's clothing boutiques, and shoe stores were fully stocked and selling products and services like nothing had happened. And the reason for this is because hypergamy runs wild in a collapsing economy. The few remaining men that were making money through either illegal or legal methods were sought after more than ever by women. In our Western society, it's typically 80% of the women chasing 20% of the men. However, in societies where the economy is falling apart, it's more like 90% of the women chasing 2% of the men. And many of the women were getting their tans, their nails done, hair, makeup, and everything else because they never knew when one of those 2% guys would show up at a party. Fathers would also give their daughters more money so they could actually go out and meet guys with more means because it means a lower burden on that particular man in the future. In the past, men spent money on dowries and gave their future son-in-laws money and livestock to alleviate themselves of the burden of taking their daughters. In a collapsing consumer economy, fathers give daughters money for hair and nails, as well as tanning for the same reasons. 
They want him to find rich husbands so they can pass off the vagina tax onto some other poor schmuck. Fathers are the ones selling vagina futures to their future son-in-laws, who are the greater fools, because they haven't been around long enough on this planet and are blinded by love to understand the true nature of women. When I was in former Yugoslavia, I also saw what an economic collapse looks like in a country that lost 50% of the oil flowing through its economy. And that's also one of the reasons why I've been a large proponent and student of peak oil. Because I saw what happens to an economy when the oil runs low. I hate to say this, but if we end up facing an economic collapse here of some kind, what little money is still left will be flowing in the economy and will be flowing into women's hands to keep them beautiful and hypergamous. Another thing I realized about a collapsing economy is, not only are men disposable, but also their male activities and hobbies. And most men throw their personal hobbies, friends, and interests under the bus for women. And the infrastructure that men build also gets thrown out of the bus first to keep women happy. The roads in former Yugoslavia look like they had been bombed out before the NATO bombardments of 1999. And the sewer systems weren't clean and were often clogging up. Cars were not running and abandoned at the side of the road. And yet women had the latest fashions, makeup, and were more beautiful than ever. So with the inevitability of a collapse coming to North America and Europe in the next 20 to 30 years, if not sooner, youthful women will enhance their beauty, and men will look poorer and poorer as a result. And we're already seeing this now. Women make just as much money as men, and blue pill men are finding it harder than ever to find a partner willing to marry them. The main problem with preparing yourself for a future where you think the economy is going to collapse is properly assessing the risk with regards to deflation versus hyperinflation. And you don't know if there's going to be issues with supply lines for energy either. I know a lot of you people will say that we should look at the tar sands or the Bakken oil shale, or that we'll have thorium reactors in the future. But what are the costs of retrofitting or building new nuclear plants for all that thorium? We still need money to decommission the old ones first. Where is that money going to come from? I've had a lot of critics when it comes to making videos regarding money, and that I should basically stick to doing videos about the dynamics of gender-related issues. But the economy is about gender because women subvert resources from the economy for their own needs. And it saddens me to say this, but they always seem to get what they want, regardless of either the good or bad economic times. With regards to money, I tend to think about money like this. My philosophy is that of Doc Brown from the Back to the Future movies. In the second film, he pulls out a suitcase from the back of the DeLorean, and inside is a case with all kinds of different banknotes. And he says, I have to be ready for all monetary possibilities. And at some point in the future, we will either face inflation or deflation, or possibly hyperinflation or hyperdeflation. The change in the value of the money supply will do this at some point or another. And some people will say buy gold and silver, while others will keep cash. Others will say invest in the markets, and yet more will say buy real estate instead. And the real danger is not being invested in the right thing at the right time. However, if we face hyperinflation, then you want to own property because the property will pay itself off, especially if you have a mortgage. And that's also why you want to own some gold. If you believe in deflation, on the other hand, then you want to have as much cash as possible because the value of money will go up as the economy goes down and the money supply crashes. And then at some point, that deflation will quickly turn into hyperinflation. But the thing is, women don't need to worry about money because they have men to worry about it for them. And in doing so, they are free to spend money. And women will always make money in one way or another, either through actually being employed or by getting men to give it to them. And women don't seem to have to worry nearly as much about the future as men do. Men typically think too far into the long term. 
And then when they get to their long-term goals, that money or wealth will most likely be eyed on by some woman in many cases. And women will see money, but most of the time they will not see how it's earned or where it came from. And most blue pill men will hand over years or decades of their lives worth of money for a female simply for companionship because it will make them feel complete emotionally. Women are attached to money, but most men are more attached to women than money. And women know this and often take advantage of it. And in past generations, men more easily held on to their money because the money was controlled by men in the family or clan together. And if we think about what the mystical patriarchy means, it's probably this. Women had a harder time getting to a man's resources because males in a clan or family managed the resources together, and women were locked out of that management system. The single-family home has been one of the most destabilizing elements of the financial system because it meant that a young man had to manage the money himself, and he didn't have the experience and wisdom of older men right there in front of him to pass on the collective generational management of money. Women, on the other hand, get in the habit of communicating with each other and have passed on their ability to socialize from generation to generation as well as manipulate men from generation to generation. So they've kept their ability to separate men from their money by gossiping and learning from one another. Men, on the other hand, have been separated from each other by their wives, so they have less contact from other males that may pass on the good financial wisdom. If we as men going our own way really want to change the world, then the 2% of men at the top of the financial and social structure in the poor world basically need to become MGTOWs, and thus unattainable to women. That would essentially destroy women's hope of hypergamy, and change the social structure and value system all around us. But obviously that's not going to happen, because of the existing social dynamics. I used to say when the economy gets tough, it's time to sell the vagina futures on the open market, so sell Mortimer sell. But women try and increase or enhance their beauty in such times. And they don't seem to get as depressed about money the same way that men do when the economy goes down. And to some extent that could explain why as the economy has gotten worse over the last 30 to 40 years here in North America, women have remained more optimistic than men. And I believe that we aren't actually heading for a complete collapse in our economy, just a change in the way that we do things. In the near future, more jobs will be done through the internet, at home. And the self-driving car means that only 20-30% to 30 of the existing road infrastructure will be needed in the future. And the traditionally male jobs such as cab drivers, truck drivers, and construction workers will be increasingly lost to Google's self-driving car technology. And if things get really bad, then we could temporarily see a time where women start prostituting themselves in the streets, like they did in the Weimar Germany Republic. But reading my history correctly, women only seem to resort to prostitution if they can't feed themselves and their children. In Germany in the 1930s, there were streets where women sold their bodies based on their height, hair color, weight, and age. And the selection was virtually limitless for men willing to pay. Anyways, that's all I've got to say for today. Thanks again to Edward for his donation. Hopefully I've given you some different perspectives and something new and interesting to talk about. With regards to everyone else, thank you for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers.